1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey.
2: And I'm Robert Diane. this is Talk Art. Welcome to
1: Talk Art. Well, how are you today, Rob?
2: Today, Russell, I am feeling ethereal.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah, I don't think I felt ethereal before this moment. No, I don't think you have. But the reason is today's amazing guest, who we are actually sat in front of. Can you believe it? We're,
1: we're back sat in... next to each other, Rob.
2: We are. We're actually sat in the same room and we're in presence of greatness with today's <laughs> artist, who has actually just flown over from Lagos we here and uh, literally yesterday so we For us, for us Yeah, let's say it for us (laughs) It's a a global exclusive Um, So we are meeting the most amazing painter and these works in themselves could be described as ethereal Absolutely And they in a way take uh, psychological kind of interior landscapes and help make them physical through the work mm-hmm. and somehow bring things that you might feel deep inside uh, even like connections to history and you bring them into the present moment right in front of you on the canvas wow. although is it a canvas in this case? We're going to find out. We're going to find out because um, today's guest uses the most beautiful materials as well within their work. And we're currently in central London, which for me is like a super big treat. Everything's very polished. We're in a beautiful gallery, Pippi mm. Holdsworth Gallery in oh, Headon Street, yes. um, in the right of central London, which I am buzzing right now because I've come up to London for the day and the skies are blue. Spring is hopefully on its way. And <laughs> <laughs> we would like to welcome... To talk art, Nengi, Nengi
3: Amuku. <laughs> Hi Nengi. Hello. That was the most fantastic <laughs> introduction. Thank you. It was very ethereal. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was serial, yes. <laughs> ethereal. yes. ethereal introduction. Yeah.
1: So Rob just said you've flown in from Lagos yesterday. Yes,
3: yesterday. Yeah. Are, are you
1: tired? Is there a time difference?
3: There's just just one hour, and it's like a six hour flight, so it's not too bad. Yeah, just I've I've been with family, so I'm I'm happy. Yeah.
1: And you're based. Nigeria, that's yeah. where you live.
3: Yeah, I live and work in Lagos.
2: But you, you studied in London at the Slade? Yes, yes, and for, for six years. Yeah, because yeah. you did
1: your BA and your and MA. MA. So it's yeah. a long time <laughs> to be in one education <laughs> yeah. facility. Yeah,
3: it's a, it was a long time, but it, it was an incredible experience. It was like life changing. Yeah.
1: What absolutely. was it about the Slade?
3: Um, I had heard that the premier, like, Nigerian modern painter, Bennewomo, studied at the Slade. um, And learning about his work in school, I was like, okay, this is definitely where I need to be, (laughs) because if this is what the school produced, um, that's where I want to go. (laughs) So that's how I heard about the Slade and and went. People are going to do
1: that about you. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to say Nengebuki wants the Slade. That's where I want to
3: go. (laughs) Can you tell us about their work? The
1: artist that
2: you? Yeah,
3: ben, ben So he's he's late now. Um, but um he he's a modern, like a master. He basically was a sculptor and a painter as well. And his work, um there, there's a couple that have shown up at auction. There's one called a uh, Tutu. Mm. And he just the way he paints the body and painted about um a black African experience. It was just sort of like elevating black beauty and just bringing that to the forefront. And the way in which he handled the body was unusual from how um, other people had painted the human body body before him. Um, it wasn't, let's say, as as stylized but he did have his own unique style that is very like identifiable in every in every piece so um so that's why i think he's revered as the bringer of modern painting in in nigeria
1: can you see the work in the uk anywhere do you know did you see it when you was here
3: so so that's that's the that's the sad thing actually right. i did a podcast actually with BBC Radio, and they were asking me, and that's when I realised that my engagement with his work has been mostly through textbooks wow. and and photographs, because it's very very hard to see his paintings in, because the, the museums aren't some of the museums aren't that great, the ones in Lagos, so, um, so we don't have like his work in public collections, so it's mostly in private collectors' homes. Oh right. So yes, you so seen I've seen one in the flesh. Yes, though? I have. Yeah, I have so. seen. I've seen a, 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 a landscape, which is you know rare to see and i've seen a couple of his portraits like about two two of his portrait portraits but i haven't seen like a a retrospective and i think we're overdue for one. You've oh, my
2: God. You could curate it. It. <laughs> it would be so cool. <laughs> like, through your eyes. I well, love it when artists
3: curate yeah. others, like or
2: shows. Or in relationship to your own work. Yeah. That would be beautiful.
3: Oh, well, that would be, like, presumptuous. <laughs> 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 but, like, yeah, I'm a fan.
1: We believe in you.
3: We, we believe it's possible.
1: <laughs> so you said that he was a sculptor as well. And, and people sculptor. coming to your work yeah. would see you... F- like as a painter first mm-hmm. and foremost, mm-hmm. but your work is so sculptural. Oh, wow. Can we can we talk about you? Say thank you. Then. Well, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
3: well I, I actually got into this late with an entire sculpture portfolio. Yeah. So I was I was a sculptor for the longest time. So I was working with uh, clay, <laughs> making heads and making bodies. But I always secretly wanted to be a painter. And um, in the year above me, you had artists like uh, Michael Armitage yes. and uh, Steve. I've forgotten his last name, but just prolific painters. So I would like secretly like spy on them <laughs> and um work up the courage to start painting with oils. I'd painted with other things before. But um, I wanted to figure out how to paint with oils. And um, so eventually, in I was in the sculpture department, and Philida Barlow was oh, my, wow. my tutor. tutor. <laughs> yes. Wow. was my personal tutor. Well, and hang on a
1: minute, though. So you were a sculptor. Yeah. You had Philida Barlow, who's a foremost <laughs> <light>
3: <laughs> sculptor.
1: And then you went, you know what? I'm going to go more painting. I
0: go, I go, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's Right. I was like,
3: I love you, Philida. I don't know exactly what you're doing, but I want to paint. No, but um, no. So she saw me actually painting while I was. Was in the sculpture department, and she was just like, "I think you should, you should actually, you should actually try." Oh, so she <laughs> pushed you away? Yeah, <laughs> she pushed you. <me>. She <laughs> drove me out. She's like, "I'm not <laughs> meant to be painting here."
1: You're not one of us. <laughs> You're yet. not one of
2: us. so major that she's like, "I've done everything there is to do in yeah. sculpture. Everyone else finish <laughs> That's true. I love that. She's a previous Talk Art guest. We, we, oh, really? Yeah, we interviewed her at the Royal Academy, in oh, London, and we we inc- adore Philadelphia yeah, She is the very most generous.
3: incredible human being. She has the the brightest mind. When she left this slate it was like a, a huge hole <laughs> had been dug into the foundation of the school I'm sure yeah because I think she left somewhere between my BA and MA and um, that's when I think she ret- retired from from this slate but she was just phenomenal listening to her speak is like I don't even know <laughs> Yeah, just, she's it's, special. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And also yeah.
2: her, her husband, Fabian Peake, is now showing at Hauser and Worth. And <gasps> I've been to their house and to his studio, and he is such an amazing person. Oh and my gosh. They're, they're an incredible family, actually. They're all so creative. Oh wow. But I found it really interesting when she did stop teaching, it was largely because her career had suddenly taken off. Oh. And I feel like she's even busier now. Like since she's retired. <laughs> yes, yes, she's actually she's the busiest busier. she's ever yes. been in her life.
3: Yes, probably, yeah. probably because um I didn't well because f- I was in the scene, I didn't understand why she was leaving. Thing. but um now i i do <laughs> now i've seen all the exhibitions and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. and you go to the wherever you go like the, any big museum you'd see her work and uh, where was i is her work in the Tate? yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a, like a room isn't there or something yeah and i was like oh i know this person <laughs> so it was it was incredible so
2: why why painting what was it about that as the medium that really spoke to you? Yeah. Because I feel like your work is very soulful, very Mm -hmm. like psychological. Mm -hmm. So it's very personal, Mm -hmm. deeply kind Mm -hmm. of um, thoughtful work. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that's connected. But
3: why that particular medium? Medium. So the thing with sculpture and I guess every artist has their experience. But for me, the things I wanted to say, I felt like needed to sort of like be removed from sort of like a three dimensional, tangible reality and sort of fixed on the flat surface of painting so that i could like dream and imagine more i know it seems contradictory because painting is sort of the the surface of painting is flat and in a way one would say like limiting but for me i could dream and imagine within within the surface new worlds and just visions of whatever sort of like thing I have created in my mind in a sort of like total way because when I was doing sculpture I was focused purely on the body but I could never like put them in the context that I had in my mind Mm. so I feel painting gives me that freedom to Mm. paint around the body and sort of like place place the body somewhere
1: so the sculpture was figurative though it was purely figurative little heads yeah I was
3: making making, making little heads yeah (laughs) we have we have a huge history of uh making with clay and bronze casting in Nigeria. You may have heard of the Benin bronzes cool. and, and things like
1: this. So this is what... Haven't we... they just been returned? Or getting... Yes,
3: yes, uh, a lot of them, yeah. The, of them. the
1: Horniman Museum in London. Where would they be shown in Nigeria so, then? What is the museum? like? The, is there a national
3: museum? There, there is a national museum. And I hear David Aj- Ajay is yeah. building one oh, in, oh, in Edo State um, as well. So that's incredible. And I think some of them might also be returned to the palace, Because that's where they originally were, in the palace of the the king. So there are debates about where exactly they will go back to. But those are, I think, the two major places that they may return to. Mm. Yeah.
1: So to go into a painting then, what what is kind of, I guess, your trademark? Is this fabric Mm -hmm. that all the paintings are placed onto, I guess, or made onto? And then they have a rod attached at the top, Mm -hmm. so they're like wall hangings. Yes. But once you see one of your paintings, you instantly recognise them everywhere. <laughs> They're so phenomenal. But yeah. this this device that you've come up with, yeah. how did you come to that? And what exactly is this fabric that you're using?
3: Yeah. So when I was in the slate, I was really like focused on surface. Like the slate had a huge part of the course and Lisa Milroy was my tutor for the MA and um, had a huge part of a course that was focused on methods and materials and in 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 that part um, you would learn about surfaces and gestures and primers and everything so I came, I became quite obsessed and then I get I, when I moved back to Nigeria I was finding it really difficult to find um good quality canvas mm. so I started importing canvas from England and I same... sounds expensive it it was, it was expensive but at the same time as well I was'm I've always been fanatical about uh, textiles from Nigeria and I, I had a collection of textiles that I was just like, I didn't realize it was a collection, but I was just like stealing from my mom and, you know, <laughs> from aunties <laughs> and things like that and building my, my personal <laughs> collection through stolen items. And then... A friend saw the, the the fabrics I'd had, and w- when I moved to a different state, I will ask people, can you show me the indigenous textiles? I want to learn about them. So I was learning that, for example, the traditional dress we wear in Nigeria is an old colonial blanket. That's what we use as uh, we stitch it and make uh Is this a dress. Is Dutch wax? No, so it's it's actually uh, it has animal heads on it. Oh, right. So so I'm from River State, and some some of the fabrics we we wear have animal heads on them. And then there's another type men wear um, that looks. Uh, basically it's a colonial nightie as well it's like the the dress uh, that was worn as pajamas and part of our traditional dress as well we wear bola hats <laughs> and we use walking sticks so the whole thing is it's very strange so um in doing all of this research and then I moved to Lagos and I they have a huge tradition of wearing woven textiles and I started asking people what is the first version of this textile that you know and can you bring it to me um, and that's how I was introduced to Sonia. So I realized that Sonya is a pre-colonial textile, and it's sort of gone out of fashion. And just. In the in the knowledge of it being sort of like an indigenous pre-colonial textile, I I felt a sense of ownership with it, and I felt a sense of pride in knowing about Mm. this fabric, and also sadness in realizing that people no longer value the textile, and sort of like where I find it, it's all like it's usually discarded and and heavily stained. Yes, yes, they're they're literally painted on antique (laughs) textiles (sighs) that have been discarded. So
1: and it's like a silk, isn't it? it's like
3: a raw silk right. it comes from moths and um, mixed with um industrial cotton to make the threads, So all the threads were hand spun and then it was woven into panels. And then after that, um, it was worn as female dresses. So it was worn as a wrap skirt and as a head wrap and a crossing sash. So when I find a complete set, I combine it to make a large piece. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea of
2: transformation somehow <laughs> yeah, from yeah, this, yeah. you know, humble material in a yeah, yeah. sense <laughs> yeah. that history yeah. has been so complex. Yeah. And then you're transforming it through, you know, your deep, deepest emotions in a way <laughs> and <laughs> elevating it to an artwork that yeah. then is revered yeah. and seen around the world yeah. as an intergenerational yeah.
1: conversation
3: that's exactly Inter- that's exactly what i was aiming for i see them as sort of like a it's almost like a layering of histories um so there's this history and there's this weaver that's anonymous that because they wouldn't sign you know and there's also the history of the person that wore it and then there mm. is this contemporary engagement with society and painting of my Nigerian experience that I'm, I'm layering on top of it. So the paintings are actually done on the backs of the textile, so that the original fronts with all the patterns and all the overlay, is preserved and isn't interrupted so ideally the work hangs from the ceiling so you can engage with both my painting and the front of the textile wow, that's as so well beautiful. yeah
1: did you ever at any point feel like because the, the textile is present it's very you're very aware of it yeah. did you ever feel like at any point you wanted to completely cover the textile because now we we have these kind of um mm. squared off sections rectangular sections and you yeah. see the fragments at the side. Yeah, yeah. Were you ever at the beginning was you like I'm just using that and I want to go all the way across.
3: So so in the beginning when I was sort of experimenting with it I, as a painter what you know is you have a stretcher and you have the canvas and so you stretch the painting over the canvas. Mm. So in the first few ones were stretched on canvases but then I would display them on sort of like plinths mm. so you could walk around it like a sculpture. <laughs> so this was again like you know my how I started with arts into into painting, but then I've never had. I've always wanted to show the, the textile, so I've never like wanted to obliterate it. So hanging it like a tapestry just seemed like the next logical logical thing.
1: You stitch fragments together, right? That's how you form the canvas. Yeah,
3: so when it comes, the front is uh, what is showing and then the seams are at the other side. So I I take the seams apart and reverse the stitches so that I can paint on the back.
1: So the reverse is where... Your magic happens. Yes. But then you retain yeah. the magic of the As actual the, materiality in exactly. the history of that exactly. on the other side. on the
3: other side.
1: Yeah. It's very yeah. respectful. Yeah. Past and yeah. present
2: in one location. To, uh, That's yeah.
3: really yeah. nice. Yeah. And what?
1: And so, so it's made by moths, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> and, and in the long term, is it something you have to consider mm-hmm. about like the lineage of this fabric now going yeah. forwards? Yeah. I guess is it anti-moth clothed moth? If they've <laughs> been made by moths, is that like is that cannibalism? If they <laughs> eat that, how, <laughs> how do you? How does fabric? Yeah. Remain Is that yeah. a, a, something you have to consider when you're absolutely, making this?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. With every piece, I, and that's the beautiful thing about the slate as well, you know, you're not just thinking about the immediate, you're thinking about how this work will stand the test of time. Yeah. And, you know, even in um, layering primers and picking what primers to use, um, you're thinking, is this archival? Will it disintegrate right. after whatever, how many, many years? So, But the first thing for me is this fabric has already existed for hundreds of years. Um, so some of these pieces are so, hundreds some of, of years some of some of the some of the ah. pieces but unfortunately i don't have any like way to date yeah. <laughs> the the textiles or anything i'm, I'm we're doing a, a, a show in a museum st. louis art museum dedicated to sonya um that's the name of the textile it's opening this year and talking about the history and the making and how it's evolved over time, and contemporary artists that are engaging with textile, I happen to be the only one. So, so it's just me, and then textiles. So <laughs> you're able to get
1: all of the Sonyon around the world at the minute. No, <laughs>
3: oh, well, well luck, luckily not me. So the museum is the museum oh, is okay. handling, and they have their own personal collection. No, of... but
1: I mean, for you as an artist, you're able to like you're at the <laughs> minute. No, you've got no competition. I have for no, this.
3: I have Do no you? competition. Oh, yeah. I have, but it's extremely difficult to source. Is it is <laughs> extremely because now. They make woven textiles, but it's with um, threads imported from like China and different places. Right, right. And um, I tried once to paint on one of the of of these new woven ash. We call, we call it ashuké. And you know, I put it first in the wash to see how it ta- stands um, heat, and it just completely disintegrated. <laughs> So, so that's how you know the quality of what Sonya is, what Sonya was at the time that it was produced. Um, but at the moment, I'm actually doing. I, I spent six weeks in Senegal doing research into contemporary ways of making cotton threads. Um, no, contemporary. Well, sort of like using ancient ways. So I, I, I met this. Uh, woman her, her company is called Fali. her name is fatim and she's commissioned 200 women to re- revitalize old spinning techniques of uh, spinning cotton by hand and making tapestries because on a I- wheel Yes, yeah, so it's spinning, spinning by hand. It's actually, it looks like you know these things you turn on the I table. Like candy floss or something. Yeah, something like, like that. I'll show you. I'll show you a video, and so they spin. So I learned how to spin thread from cotton, and wow. it was the most transformative thing. And then her weavers. So I'm just thinking there are ways to revive that as well in Nigeria. So this is the next step. Um, it's still very early days, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
2: As a new surface to work on. As
3: as a surface, also to sort of like so that the the the, the tradition of spinning. A Red doesn't die out completely because yes. I went. I spent four months as well in Ibadan, and so it's it's in Western Nigeria, and it's also kind of like a home to traditional Nigerian weaving. And I met some of the weavers, but what I couldn't find were um, the people spinning the cotton that we grew which is why I then went to this uh, residency in Dakar. Um, it's actually the Candy wiley residency, um, Black Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And That's so the, in Senegal. We yes, in Senegal, get. yeah. And I learned a lot about the spinning that has been revived there. So now my studio, we're looking, at, we're researching ways to... I don't know, in a small way, (laughs) try and revive them. Because whole families are sort of depend on this sort of, you pass it down to your children Mm. and like that. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It's still, it's still early days.
1: Is this also in case all the Sun runs out?
3: No, I have, I actually have a lot. I think I will be able to find enough for like my lifetime. But I feel like in a small, on a small scale, like just to like support that, that I don't know where it will go in the future, like but it's just like an idea I had to sort of like try in a small way to so that it doesn't like die out completely. Because it was really heartbreaking when I went and I was looking everywhere for people spinning cotton. But because it's fashion has been sort of like replaced by very fast
1: fast things, fashion. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's really hard to keep up with, with that because the process of spinning, imagine spinning each individual thread <laughs> for the clothes mm. you're wearing mm. and then weaving it into panels it's 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 hard to keep up with that
2: so so your work does have this kind of 3d element to it in the sense that you can walk around it you know it's installed where it hangs with with the bar at the top um can you imagine yourself moving in the future Mm -hmm. into like more 3d so like Mm -hmm. like as as a kind of experience like i don't know like you might make a space that you walk into or
3: yeah in some of the shows you know some pieces will be against the wall and some in the middle of the room yeah but i've imagined a scenario where like the entire show is like a maze where everything is away from the wall and you sort of like walk uh, behind and in front and it's sort of like it involves your. Your body and, and that's making your way around the space, figuring things out. And
1: are you following a narrative? Is there a story that you could be following in?
3: Possibly. Science? That is a really good idea. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a chronological yeah. journey through through the work. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, for me, the work is very all encompassing, and I think I think that idea. That was why I asked the question because yeah. I I feel like even if you're stood in front of one, yeah. Yeah. it kind of does mm-hmm. embrace you somehow. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I was wondering whether that's a like a a deliberate choice to try and make the actual picture plane. Mm -hmm. It almost comes out, you know, from the 2D, (laughs) um, from that flat plane. It's optical Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I think think also, like, uh, there's something about the way in which I paint the body that is kind of almost... I don't know if the word is reductive. So the way in which I paint the body isn't like add additive. In mm-hmm. in so it's almost like I'm carving out the 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 form through the way I paint. So it's a lot of like taking off to reveal like lighter areas. So it's not like I'm layering lots of layers of paint. So I I I, I do want the paintings to feel slightly three dimensional when when you see them. So I don't know if maybe that answers. Yeah, it's like it's like the essential,
2: the essentials somehow. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's
1: reduced to mm-hmm, the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But th- th- there's an interesting quote you said where you, you make work considering ways in which the body needs to adapt mm. in order to belong, mm-hmm, which is quite mm-hmm, a profound, mm-hmm. quite painful statement. But also, <laughs> yeah. there's some joy in there. I don't know. But it, I'd yeah. love you to talk about that yeah. quote a bit. Yeah.
3: So a lot of the the way in which I paint the body sort of like evolved out of thinking about a psychological space, a a mental space. And um, when I was before the Slade and while I was in England, I was thinking about like my own state of mind and how it was responding to being sort of like, sometimes I felt like I wasn't really at home and sort of like how I was responding to that. But then when I moved to Nigeria, I, I didn't really have those feelings at all. And, you know, I was very much present in my own skin but I was noticing lots of other people that weren't really like present so that's when I was I started noticing lots of mentally ill people on the streets and just sort of like wandering in the middle of the road and um, realizing that there is a there is a major issue here with mental health and mental health treatment and care in Nigeria. And um, so I started making work to sort of like highlight a state of mind of my sitters as opposed to what they look like. Um, so I, I just have this, uh, there's this thing where, you know, when people come, they just sort of start telling me about their lives. And I just re- realized that it was like a pattern. So I would use those stories. These are
1: sitters to your studio?
3: Yes, people, yes, it is okay. in my studio. So you,
1: or... you sitters, all the time. It's some, not, some, some... These are never imagined, these are
3: A lot of them it's 50 50 sometimes so so with some of the small portraits they are setters and some of the landscapes are more immersive things it's more imagined and um so so it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like a mix so but all the work is supposed to sort of like to be about a state of mind and and sort of like the the emotion of the work and the emotion of the the bodies in in the work so at the, for example during the pandemic we had a really difficult time in nigeria also because people were stealing the the aid that was supposed to be distributed to people that you know were out of work and things like this and um eventually protests came up but at that time leading up to that time i was making tiny protests because i was seeing the government failing in many small ways so i was painting about collective grief and collective trauma um, and so that's where the paintings were coming from and then I made a small uh, protest, a large protest painting, just me personally protesting things that were happening in in my country because it was heartbreaking um, and eventually uh, two months later we did have a massive protest that ended. Very badly, so that was the, the, it's called the Nsars movement, um, where we're protesting against uh, police brutality. So I think with every every painting, I'm I'm sort of like putting feelers out in my country um, where, I, where I live, and sort of trying to paint about a collective experience, how we're coping <laughs> with, with the strangeness of the political situation, or how where my last show with Pippi, Parables of Joy, was how people were intentionally trying to find moments of joy and respite and rest, um, and that's what that, that, that body of work was, was focused on. How wow. does
1: it feel when you make these paintings and yeah. they're in your studio do you feel a release mm. or is there is it quite hard to have be affronted with these works that you yeah. made
3: well the last show I had there was a painting I was I was making it's called gathering and there's a building that collapsed close to where I lived uh, where my studio was and there were children in the building and um it's just the building should have been shut down and it's something that wasn't done so I I I sort of felt it was necessary to respond to that incident and sort of prolong the duration of that mourning period through painting. So some of the paintings were very, very heavy and very, very dark. Mm. So it wasn't <laughs> therapeutic for me. It was like a way for me to engage. You know, when you see something in the news and it sort of like goes past just very quickly and it moves on to the next bad thing and on to the next and on to the next. So for me it was a way of sticking with that moment and remembering and sort of being conscious and sharing that moment with the world in a sort of like more prolonged way and but because of the heaviness of that entire body of work this next show I did was essential for my my, my oh, mind oh, yes yeah, yeah. Like so a this, yes yes yeah. so this show really was for me <laughs> so it was more how I am intentionally trying to find joy while happiness. yeah and yeah. happiness while witnessing so many um strange things and also as a way for other people maybe <laughs> to yes. find to find joy through looking at the work and how
2: free is your creative process like do you struggle to actually like create the work is mm. it is it like hard to channel the muse mm. or are you quite free when you're making the work because for me some of the marks feel so sort of considered and you really feel the energy in each brush stroke or in each image. in each part of each painting like it, I was wondering how fast it was for you to sort of create, yeah. actually create. It's very slow.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, very, very did. slow. Yeah. Some some of the paintings look like they could just have sort of like been done very quickly. But um, I am very, I'm a very slow painter. It's always been a problem with galleries. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, <laughs> just like, no, I've reached, I've reached my limit for the year. Because also, it's also very emotionally draining, and and the paintings are also quite large. So so it takes each painting takes quite a bit of time, on average maybe 16 paintings a year (laughs) so So. so I'm not a very prolific artist unfortunately but the so with everything happening so so the, the extension of my practice is we in Lagos we sort of like have we started mural installations in in psychiatric wards and we'd also do like workshops with patients as a form of therapy. And that has also been like, an, in a way, it's also been therapeutic for me, ha- having those moments and those engagements. So we're partnering with Hospital Rooms. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know Neil yes. and Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're in, yeah. in the yeah. UK. Yeah. yeah, so they basically downloaded their entire template to us. Um, so we've started, we've started sort of doing that.
1: This is artworks that therapy. go into hospital yeah. as therapy so, so towards... Yes, wards, yes. so patients. not
3: just me, other artists, you
1: yeah. know, doing... i doing hospital rooms, yes, that, exactly. their ethos. Yes, exactly. That, you know, art art yeah, yeah. is life-affirming, and yeah. if you have this around you in a hospital where it's exactly. quite anxiety-inducing... Exactly. It gives you mm-hmm. something to spark joy or find solace in
3: they've done but everything. now
2: they're giving the template of what they've done here wow. for yes. lagos for yes. nigeria yes that's
3: because so i worked cool. with them in 20 i did one of the murals in 2017 or 18 in maudsley hospital Maybe. and i was like we need this in lagos so it's taken a while to prepare but, but you've finally, got that
1: you've got that happening there yourself yeah yeah yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, incredible.
3: yeah. So, 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 so so but they gave me the entire template they gave so our brilliant. team so so that's what I spend the rest of the time when I'm not making the 16 paintings.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Average
1: of 16 paintings, but you said earlier on that sometimes if you find the whole costume, you have the whole outfit, that would define Mm. the amount of works you'll make of a series. So sometimes you might find something and and 16 could change or you're you're defined by the fabric. The fabric Um, tells you what you're making, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's a brilliant question. So what happens is when I get the textiles, I sort of just like, if I find a complete set, I combine it and wait so, so when, for example, Art Basel, um, when it, 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 the painting was five meters, and I had um, its many sets with specific blue embroidery, and so those ones were combined. So if you see the back of it, it's like a puzzle of different soignants with blue patterns. And these patterns meant things in the past. There were symbols maybe of fertility that were interwoven into the oh, textile wow. and given to the women to wear as a sort of like prayer for them to have kids. So... There's the, a the very, the, the, it's it's a profound material in in itself. Spiritual. So I I approach it with almost like a, a veneration before I paint, and the the size that I find determines the painting that goes on it, mm. because the idea is not to waste any part of it, any of the panels. So yeah. Oh, have you ever had the,
1: an experience where you've started it and you have gone? I don't like this, and you have to destroy it, or do you always paint over?
3: It? I paint over. Okay. I paint over. Ah. Yeah, I paint over it. There there are always ways to clean and 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 reprime and yeah
2: so i paint over and that yeah. work you're mentioning for basel that was in miami
3: yes yes it was in miami so we did uh, meridians uh, last year the, what's the, meridians so, sorry so, so, it's sort of like the curated section of art Basel. Mm. so we were lucky to yeah to get picked so that was very exciting so i went to miami for the first time it's not my scene, but,
1: <laughs> but but the work was very well
2: received. Yeah, wasn't it was.
3: It? it was really well received. Yeah. Luckily. It's titled yeah. Eden. 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 Yeah.
1: This Eden. is five meters long.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's the largest piece I've made. Um,
1: How long did that take to make?
3: About two months, roughly wow. two months. But I enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed. It's so much like I think I, I feel freer on the larger larger surfaces than the small ones so it was like it was very enjoyable to make it
2: <laughs> And co- compositionally yeah. um, how complicated is that for you like for, if you're making a work <laughs> do you have to sort of pre-plan the composition or does it is it one of those things where you feel it out as you're painting as you're making I wish... or do you make drawings or do you I wasn't for me I felt like maybe you're planning them out on some level
3: <laughs> mm. yeah yeah <laughs> I really wish I was one of those painters that could just sort of like see a blank canvas and just like go in <laughs> really not <laughs> at all it's there's a lot of planning that goes in and i i draw digitally so i draw on my yeah It, it it's strange when you see my paintings you would That's never so expect yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't know so that. i draw i draw digitally do lots of collages um and figure things out in terms of composition but then when it comes to the painting that is all, that cannot be planned, Um, do you see what I mean? So it's more like the layout of the composition is what I sort of figure out digitally through collage. I rely very heavily on collage. And um, then when it comes to the painting, it's like, you're starting again. Is the, the composition just gives you a, a rough template to work with? But when you start painting, things change, move around. So it's like a yeah. structure. Yeah, it's it sort of helps me with structure and it helps me be less afraid when I when I start the painting. Yeah, it
2: frees frees you up in a way. Yes, exactly. Because
3: yeah, yeah. even like even just looking at that five meter surface mm. for for art, <laughs> yeah, like so in a way not to be afraid of it is like I, I tackle it first through first through drawings like sketches then I try and concretize I don't know if that's a word make them a little bit more solid through attaching doing collage to what I have sketched from my mind and then I I move to the surface and redraw and and begin to paint.
2: And is collage and drawing something that you did from childhood? Like, when Can you remember like early memories of being creative? Why you, you maybe headed in that route to want to be an artist and make art your life?
3: No, the, my earliest memory of collage actually was the Slade. Oh really? Yeah, actually during the MA. I don't even think I, I used collage during the BA. In the BA, I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, in the MA, I think I started like experimenting with collage a little bit more as a way of structuring and and thinking about composition, yeah. I love the
2: idea that you didn't know what you were doing at the B.A. <laughs> I read it. Because on- there must be people listening <laughs> who sometimes, mm-hmm. as an artist or yeah. a musician or whatever yeah. it may be that you're doing in your life, whatever career, yeah. you might feel lost and like aimless and yeah. you're not quite sure yeah. what your voice is. And then you see other people doing their things yeah. so well. Yeah. So it's interesting that you've had that journey through education because for me, I think education helped me personally like find my own voice and it takes time to have the confidence to find your Absolutely,
3: absolutely. In the first four years in the slate I was absolutely pissing in the dark like I had no clue (laughs) yeah because in the first year as well I came in sort of disadvantaged because before you go in they advise that you do a foundation course which is a year of sort of like experimenting and understanding preparing you for But I was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. (laughs) So I just applied straight from my A-levels and I was shocked that the Slade took me in. So I got in expecting a taught program, like, you know, you go for a class and they say, this is how to paint. (laughs) And that was really not the case. Because in the Slade, they treat you like an artist from day one they wait for you to make and then come and critique (laughs) and sort of like guide you through criticism. (laughs) So it wasn't wasn't very, it was brutal. (laughs) It was brutal, but it was, eventually with time I understood it and I understood why it was essential for us to make in this kind of way, in a way that they're not like holding your hand or telling you what to do, but they're allowing you think for yourself and then guiding, asking you what you're thinking and seeing how it relates to what you're doing. Um, so the way in which we were trained in the state is, you know, I am eternally grateful for it. Um, but yeah, in the first four years, I was lost. I was one of the struggling students. But the in the MA, I finally started finding my feet, finding my voice, experimenting with... Um, more abstract way of of painting and yeah.
2: So that discovery must have been exhilarating.
3: It was absolutely exhilarating. Um, Like I said, Lisa Milroy was my tutor doing the Emmy and that was like life-changing.
1: You were that one of like the struggling it. students. Is that in parenthesis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a group yeah. of
3: struggling students? <laughs> no, I you think I was, there every year I was probably the, the only one. The <laughs> I was probably the only one, actually. I think the others were just fine. I think the others were just fine. But in, in the first few years, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs>
1: Did they, they also arm you the skills, how mm-hmm. to articulate your own work, how to understand how to talk about your practice? Because it's yeah. incredible how many artists mm it's fundamental you yes. have to be able to describe yes, and yes. discuss yes. what you're making
3: mm-hmm, 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 that's
1: a skill if you come on talk art <laughs> you know <laughs> you so many artists that don't come on they don't want to do that I they oh, don't want to articulate in that way because mm-hmm. it is quite a pressure mm-hmm. and also you're still working out what the work is and exactly. suddenly you have to tell us what it's about not
3: exactly exactly Exactly. so the, the thing about the state is it had the, well not the state, i think all art schools here have the ba then they have the bf a and MA and MFA. So the BA had a heavy art history component and I did art history for my A levels alongside art. And I loved art history. Like I was, yeah. So that's another reason why I really wanted to go to the Slade mm. is the art history. Um, um, so i Amna Malik and um, oh, there's another, he's now a, he's a curator at the Tate. Um, he was one of the people that took us through the MA, the art history courses as well. It helped a lot. Wow. it was it was it was as important as as the painting as the painting part because it just helped you see your work in context in in many contexts like British art arts in America or wherever mm. and just sort of like talk about it in that in in that kind of contemporary way
2: were there any artists that you discovered during that learning process of looking in art history mm. that you would see as crucial to your development yeah. someone who maybe sparked joy yeah. or excitement or wanting to give you agency yeah. to Take like or, create your yeah. work yeah mm-hmm. was there
3: but, yeah it was, know, it was it was absolutely um I, I i learned about the work of chris Ophiele, oh yeah um um during during the the art history classes and and you know his work is phenomenal so we would write essays constant presentations and constant essay writing and but the one artist i think that really transformed the way i think about the body and space is wangechi mutu oh yes. yeah yeah <laughs> yes She's like my idol. So she's a sculptor. <laughs> she's a sculptor as well. Yeah, she's and she's moving actually more towards sculpture yeah. now. But before, when when I sort of encountered her work, she, it was the collages she was doing, these strange bodies she was creating. Yeah. And it was just the most liberating thing for me to see that. That you can think about the body wow. beyond what it looks like. Um I know there are other people that have done done that, but for me, it was the way in which she was thinking about the body and space, and just how imaginative she was. That it, it just encouraged me to stretch my mind and um, and just free free myself up in a way. So yeah, that was that was one major 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 thing. Well,
1: I like the, you you have this blur that goes through yeah, your yeah. paintings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of <laughs> defies the boundaries of the edge <laughs> yeah. of the body. Exactly. And the faces are. Mm-hmm. Yes. that's something you come to recognize yes. in your practice but what, yes. what does that give you and why is that that you have this blur so yeah. people c- can project onto them their yes. own narrative or
3: yes 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 so there was a portrait I painted of a specific person but then another person came up to me and said this is how I feel today <laughs> literally just through looking at this this figure and that's that's the thing it's almost like a degree of neutrality while communicating some sort of like emotion as well at the same time so that you can relate multiple people can relate to the the feeling in the work yeah, more the, universal it's more universal yeah so the undulations in the body are supposed to sort of like think about how the mind works the mind isn't fixed that's so i, I think I, i'm translating in a very literal way that's why there's so much movement in the body i guess if it was if this was emotion picture you would see it moving <laughs> you would see it moving and and constantly changing and constantly like evolving um, so that's that's why it's You're there a yeah so that's the idea behind looking at your work i often
2: hear music oh and um i was thinking about the Björk song yoga where she says emotional landscapes and i've almost got those kind of very epic kind of um soundtracks and it's different music but often with strings is how i feel when i look at your paintings which i think is so odd because i don't i don't get that a lot you know what i mean like i've had it a few uh, times but very rarely but there's
3: something about
2: them that creates that within me
3: that is so strange that is so strange because i actually i trained as a classical violinist for the the longest time
1: Sorry,
2: this is speaking yeah, am yeah, yeah. actually really
3: freaked out. Now. Actually really I after... didn't know
1: that. Genuinely, I did not. You
3: didn't know. That. That.
1: No. it's after you trained as a florist? But,
3: so actually, the, the 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 floor the training as a florist was after this, did. It's sort of like it was under my mother, because I wasn't selling any art. I was really a broke artist. So it was. She gave me a job, and I was training as a florist under her, and just learning about composition and just color and and how to. I I learned so much from my mom. Um, But before, this is literally, I started learning to play the violin, I think, when I was eight or nine and um, continued. um, But my my school didn't do music. So I actually thought I was going to be a musician. So yeah. And so every time when I came back home, I would go to, there's this place called Muson Center. So it's like the premier classical training place in Lagos. So I was training to... Do you still play now? I just kind of play like... Painting doesn't give you any any breaks, you know? So my violin is there. And if a classical song comes on, um, I will try and like play. So I play by ear mostly. So I'll try and like play by ear, but I'm really rusty now. I need and, you for your opening night. Yeah. Oh my God, no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm really... I'm or really... maybe
2: there's a way you could like... Some, sometimes artists make sets for like operas. or. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, I, I don't mean... Really, I mean, it's yeah, so. a committed artwork. I'm you can actually like... do it as like... like Wolfgang Tillman did an amazing one. <laughs> for the English National <laughs> No,
3: I, I barely got to grade five because um, um, I did it in A-levels as well. I chickened out after my grade five exam and that was like A-levels so many years ago. And so since then, like once in a while, I get like tutors in Lagos, but I have not been consistent. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm my
2: jaw is literally level. on the floor. That's flawed. <laughs> that,
3: in fact, you have a genuine connection I, I cannot to believe strings. when you said strings, I, know, I was just like, what in the world? <laughs> so
2: talking about horticulture and florists yeah. and mm-hmm. flowers mm-hmm. and nature, mm-hmm. one of your superpowers for me is your palette and the the colour palette you use and for me it's obviously there's an earthiness to it and Yeah. almost like from the ground that somehow you're creating these pigments out of like <laughs> stones being crushed or yeah. crystals yeah. or yeah. or you know uh, can you speak a bit about your color palette cuz i yeah. think it's so distinct so and earthy, i think and, it, and that's yeah. one of the things that mm-hmm. for <laughs> me makes your work really stand out is your power of color it's like you're a superhero oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> well i've never i've never i never thought i was like a, a, a good with color for the longest time I, I always thought like my approach to color was a little bit tentative but now i'm Feeling a bit more confident with the paintings and, and and a bit freer. But growing up, I did. My dad was a geologist for the longest time, so we grew around around. Um, he used to collect tiny rocks, different kinds of rocks, in the house. And my mom being a horticulturist and a florist, mm-hmm. um, so her company we create. We, she creates her own compost and you know sells the compost. And wow. so I learned like gardening from from the soil, like you know from the from the from the like roots. <laughs> Um, and, you know, she would train on us like landscape design components of making a good uh, landscape, like how you batch things and sort of like color blocking to create a sense of um, of harmony in the landscape. And um, so I, 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 it was very like, very like hands on work. Um, and then also floral arrangements teaches you a lot more than I learned in art school about composition. Really? Honestly, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like learning from my mom about um, composition and how to structure a floral arrangement whether for Mm. a bouquet or whatever shape and that was that was as equivalent to my six years in, in this lead in terms of the impact it's had on my paintings now
2: also that psychological kind of approach to the complete journey of something. You know, if you have like the compost mm-hmm. all the way to the floral arrangement, exactly. maybe dried flowers. Exactly. I don't know. It's yes, yes, kind, yes, yes, yes. kind of, it's yes, you kind of preserve. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. It's almost like your approach to <laughs> the um, Sonnyan oh, fabric. Like oh, in the I way see. that you want to use every oh, piece of I it. Yep, you know I what I mean? Like you, mean. <laughs> you never <laughs> let anything go to <laughs> waste. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. There, there is something there. You're spinning lyrics today. I've become like the psychotherapist in
1: this session. This is talk art therapy. Therapy. So profound. We're realizing all these kind it. of things about each other. Do you have siblings? I do. Are they creative?
3: Yeah, my sister. My sister was a classical musician, so she was That's an well, opera right. singer for the longest time. And then eventually, she realized she loved French more, and then she became a lecturer. She taught in UCL for a little bit French, and then, but now she has babies, and so she's she's teaching in a school so that she can sort of like on the same schedule with them nice. Um my brother no one really knows what he does but he, <laughs> he i think mean, he, he he went to imperial and you know he's, he's smart and things married with and and you know he works for disney so he has a really good job with But disney. no one knows exactly what it is but no one knows exactly <laughs> that's so what. hopefully he doesn't <laughs> listen to podcasts he, <laughs> might,
1: <laughs> he, he might be finding out did you all train with your mother for a while
3: so my is my she mom... like gutted that none of you have gone into working <laughs> flowers so my she tried it with my brother but he would go every day to work and just fall asleep because it just really wasn't <laughs> yeah. his scene. Yeah. So it only it only like stuck with me. I think,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's so nice. Aww. I, I want to touch on something you said around yes. about um, Black Rock Senegal, which yes. is an artist residency, which yes. is something that comes up a lot. Yes, 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 which yes. is uh, was founded by Kahindi Wiley in 2019, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you did six weeks there. Yeah. did You say. Yeah. And What I mean, what was that like, and how did that come to you, and what is the facility like? Because Kahindi has a, a live work space mm-hmm. there, and then there's like four other spaces.
3: Yeah, three it. three other spaces for artists yeah oh my goodness like like I just came back in January Day, what he's done basically it's hard to describe from the pictures is he has created a kind of resting place for artists where uh, you can just come look at the ocean be inspired and make work if there are research things that you want to engage with let the team know and they will sort all of that out but he his generosity honestly is unmatched this is the best residency i've been on i haven't been on that many but but i I imagine it's one of the best ones he's
1: present
3: he's there he's there once in a while but you know he is very busy he's all over the place um so we did see him um a couple of times but really he has left us his home he left the artist his home and um there's a staff of like 20 25 people to take care of the artist anything really that you would like <laughs> can be provided um wow. and it's just like so you don't think about anything else but your research topic or... this was the
1: cotton stuff you yeah using. so I
3: was that's what, that's, that was primarily why I went wow. there and I, and I met and I've made very good links with um, this woman Fatim and uh, also I got in touch with the cotton, cotton cleaning and processing factory that is willing to send cotton to Nigeria for our wow. weavers and spinners to begin work with so yeah
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. You are in a lot of collections now. You're at the uh, yeah. the Whitworth collection, yeah, and yeah. you're with the Loewe collection, which is <laughs> yeah. fantastic. So I guess you'll be hanging up in a store. Yes,
3: yes. I think it's there. I which think.
1: which one is it? Do you know?
3: Oh no, London? I haven't. I haven't seen. I, oh, I don't. Okay. I don't know where. Um, but I um, in my other galleries sent me uh, pictures, and someone's tagged me once, and, oh, really? But I'm not sure where where the store is.
2: We can find it. We'll <laughs> put it <laughs> on Instagram. Miami, you have a work.
3: I see in Miami. Yes. And, uh, the Baltimore, but it's not been announced. When yeah.
1: will it be announced? We, uh, this but, week, I think. Okay, That's so we wanted to cut them. it out. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusive. yeah. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> You're wow. beaming talking about
1: this. What does that feel like to it's be a museum It's
3: really exciting. It's really exciting because, you know, they are safe spaces. Because <laughs> it just really frightens me when I see auction houses getting like art, you know. That's you've paid auction, yeah. Not yet, not yet. But I do I donated prints to the White Chapel. Um,
1: oh, uh, for Jenny Holzer. Yeah, so. yeah,
3: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the only yes, the fundraiser. But like, luckily, not yet, and fingers crossed, not anytime soon. Um, I think both Kristen and Pippi are extremely careful with placements. Um, yeah, so so I'm, I'm I'm very happy about the museum collections. Extremely, extremely happy, because like you know, if uomo for example was in a lot of uh, museum collections and not in private homes people like me would get the chance to see the work and engage with it um, so that's that's the beautiful thing that lots of people can engage with the work not just like one person nice. and their and their family <laughs> we appreciate private collectors but but still no but <laughs>
1: <you. laughs> You want to be a museum, that's yeah, art history. Yes, you're part exactly. of the canon, you're yeah, part of the dialogue. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank
3: you. <laughs> well,
1: that's great. So before we get into final questions, what is yeah. coming up for you this year then? What can we see,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the Baltimore Museum, mm-hmm. we can go and see her work there. Yeah. Are you working on a body of work mm-hmm. at the moment?
3: Yeah, so I have another solo show coming up with Christine Yelier Gallery in Palm Beach. Um, I have a group show at Gagosian here in May. And I have the museum show in Saint Louis and I know I've forgotten something. Oh, this is um, the
1: fabric in St. Louis is the Yes is the the Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. I think I think that's it for for, and that's a lot already. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and and you're
1: very active on Instagram, so for people listening.
3: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Do you am. find that an important
1: tool to communicate?
3: I got my first international rep- representation through Instagram. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kristen approached me from Instagram. Um, I, I actually stalked her a little bit. I was like, I like what she's doing. So I, I liked three posts and then I followed her. It's really strategic. This is for anyone listening. This is how to get gallery representation. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, oh, go on, like Go on, like. <laughs> on like three posts then follow immediately and they will look at your profile and if they like your work they will ask you for representation guaranteed not <laughs> Sorry, I don't, it's not let's that see
1: if you've tried right this there. put in the comments under this and let us know if I that's know what actually you mean, worked though, if you saw
2: that you would probably then be like oh they followed us yeah you'd, you'd look I do look I look all the time it's true actually <laughs> and you would think like oh yeah what's that because
3: you would be curious you'll yes like, you yeah, would the... totally but then the, the, of course the gallery has to like the work yes. before yeah. They, yeah so um, so that's how I got <laughs> that's how I got representation
2: love um, that hack yeah. that is very cool that
1: is a good hack
3: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so we ask every guest two questions the first is if you could do an imaginary art heist and take home any work <laughs> from anywhere in the world and if it doesn't have to be a work it could be like a building or anything cultural um and it can we can help with cranes or it could fit in your pocket it could mm-hmm. be tiny what would you um steal and why
3: i would steal one of wangichi's pieces
2: cool is there one in particular
3: i don't know and it will be a new one from her studio probably like i would i would steal it from the studio so
2: we could do a casual visit yeah to,
3: to then, the studio i've
1: seen her studio you've
2: been
3: no, there i haven't. I've heard, I've heard she has a studio in. Nairobi now. Okay, somewhere. Yeah, but I haven't haven't been. Yeah, I'm fine. I think we can all go
1: together
2: and we'll distract. <laughs>.
1: Well,
3: you, we'll a.. give feel, you time to you choose.
2: Yes, yeah. yes
1: Well, yes. I read that you love an artist called Yusuf Grillo. And you said yes. that if you had a work by him, your life would be complete. Yes, so I'm, yes. That's another. That's so gone that's off. That's He's gone m- off the has no, no, gone <foxed> No, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. Wait, wait,
3: wait, wait. Can no, I steal two? Or is it just one? Okay, yes. There's two of us. We help
2: you. We'll send Russell one way, me the other way.
3: Yeah, and I know who owns his work, so I would rob that person's house. Yeah. And steal his work, yeah. You know,
2: earlier when we were talking about the Benin Bronzes being returned, it reminded yes. me that when we interviewed Maxwell, the American um, musician, oh, his really. art heist was actually to return Ben Bronze. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, that oh, was what he so generous. he was mine so is sweet. Very,
3: mine is very selfish, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you do breaking the
1: studios, their
3: houses, and stealing. You're like, you're you stealing. do so
2: much good for people. <laughs> Even your work is a generous act. So we will forgive your art heist. <laughs> you. And also, it is imaginary, so it's <laughs> all—it's all safe. There's no <laughs> please.
1: please <imagine. laughs> what is Yusef Grillo's work like?
3: People oh goodness. Um, where do I begin? It's the surface really. Um so I again this is another piece I'd only seen pictures of, and he, he didn't make a lot of work. Um so I saw the surface of the work and it's just the texture and just how subtle it is in the sense that it's not distracting from what what he's painting, but it's just the brush marks and just you see his hand present very obviously. All over the surface, and it's just alluring. Is it and it's abstract? Almost, then no. It's no, no. It's figurative. Uh-huh. It's figurative and very stylized, very, very stylized. So lots of sharp angles. The palette is also kind of uh, restricted. It's like blues and purples. Usually, if you see his work, it's like a sea of blue. <laughs> but it is just the most phenomenal thing to to witness.
1: Amazing. All right, <laughs> uh, we'll check that out. What is your favorite color?
3: Ooh, it's this. So it's this color. It's like a. I don't know what it is. Like a
1: light it's tan. Like a, yeah, it's
3: like a... It's like a... Yeah, some, somewhere close to this. Apricot. Like a, like a, I was thinking like peach. It's like a Yeah, peach. it's like a... Yeah, so it's somewhere... It's, it's sort of like a pinky peach uh, brown, yeah. like a neutral... That
1: appears in your work.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah it's, well, it's, we're looking it's at... Like, it's like everywhere.
2: Pippi actually made a, a small catalogue called Parables of Joy relating to the exhibition um, last year. <laughs> and actually the front cover has that kind yeah, of tone color it. colour
3: everywhere. It's yeah. gorgeous. I'm, I'm attached to
1: what is the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your work
3: to just sort of like be patient I was out of representation for the long for a while and you know after you know doing going to the slade and you just think that immediately every single door is going to open and everything but it took time right. it took years almost. Ten, almost ten years, before I started like showing internationally, and it was a real struggle, like figuring that out. But um, it's, so so I I guess the best advice I got was just to be patient and focus on the most important thing, which was the work and mm-hmm. developing, developing the ideas. Yeah
2: yeah that commitment to the work to the practice to your purpose as an artist it's kind of a choice isn't it in a way yeah exactly exactly and you have to just somehow make it work like you were helping your mum with the forest you know what i mean exactly you can work mum none of
1: her children have (laughs) gone into (laughs) (laughs) it i love your your mum no she's amazing oh Oh. Oh. big shout (laughs) out to your mum we love her This has been you know wonderful. what's really
2: funny? I heard Kate Winslet weirdly the other day yeah. doing like an actor speech in front of a big audience of young actors or whatever and she said her main advice to them was that if you want to be an actor tell yourself you are one oh, wow. and to believe that you are an actor then oh, you yeah. will be one and oh, I was that's like, amazing. that's kind of amazing. That is amazing. Because it is quite empowering yeah.
1: it's quite a, a thing that everybody could do if you yeah. said it to yourself. Well, it's the thing yeah. if you start mm-hmm. telling people and people go, what do you do? and you start saying that's what you do and yeah. you're manifesting it a bit yeah. like Manifest. saying I am yeah. an artist yeah. then you are an artist mm-hmm. it's like absolutely. if you're studying it it's like you can yeah. say I'm studying to be an artist yeah. whereas if it's like the Slater treating you like an artist as mm-hmm. soon as you walk through the door
2: yeah. then you're so an, you artist. Are an
3: artist Yeah, absolutely. and also
2: she said something about walking into auditions and that if you go in really nervous and you think you're not going to get the role you'll never get the role but if you go in thinking like they're lucky to have me and she still mm-hmm. does this now apparently she'll like tell herself oh they're lucky to have me but not in an arrogant way but just in a way that gives you a bit yes. of a a kick then you walk in that room and I guess it's the same with galleries or yeah. artists. If you go to their openings yes, yes, and yes. you believe you should be within that gallery, like you liked that mm-hmm. gallerist that you yes, followed yes, on Instagram. Yes, exactly. You can find those people that yes. might end up being your champions. Yes, because yes, if you yes, love yes, them, yes. they yes. might love you. Yes, it's yes, like a exactly. reciprocal thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Guys.
2: Well we've just we've <laughs> we just solved tongues. all the, all the art world problems. All all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have loved talking to you. Same. Oh, I thank love you for this generous. I'm such a
3: fan and thank you so much for Your time. i sorry I interrupted you, but I'm a huge fan of what you do, and I'm really grateful that you made the time. Um, for a little always, maize. thank you. Hopefully, thank we can you. do it
2: again one day. I'd love yeah. to like walk around one of your shows in the oh, future, maybe maze. the maze one, <laughs> yeah, the maze one that one you maze. like yeah. created during yeah. this, <laughs> during this <laughs> <laughs> planting <laughs> the seed yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah my
1: there is. Is. oh, thank, thank you so, so much. Uh, for all images, go to at uh, talk art on Instagram, and you're on Instagram as yeah. we're discussing what is your handle, uh, Nangi great and big thank
2: you to Pippi Holdsworth Gallery and yes. all the team here yes. they are the nicest people and Pippi's been a, a long time supporter of Talk Up and we're very grateful yes. so thank you Pippi and you can also visit Pippi on Instagram and visit the gallery <laughs> you don't actually have a show here at the, moment. Not at the moment everyone's about six months late for your show <laughs> 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 but you'll be showing again very soon.
1: And images soon. are online.
2: Yes. Yeah. And you have got a gallery exhibition coming up, haven't you, at the other gallery at the end of the year? Yes,
3: in Palm Beach, yeah, in Palm Beach. In the
2: end of 2020. What is that Florida?
3: I, I, don't, I don't know where it is. Okay. It's America.
1: America.
3: <laughs> yeah, somewhere in America, It Beach. sounds like it's near yeah. the sea. Yes.
1: yes. Okay, cool.
2: Sounds it's very beachy right. yeah. Oce- It's an ocean-based yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: gallery. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks. We'll be back very soon. Thank
3: you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>